since we've had Star Trek, we've had fascinating women characters from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of fields and professions, from space princesses to scientists, from cybernetic overlords to geriatric revolutionaries, from gladiatrix to diplomats who are just really into jogging. But across the gamut, as any red carpet interviewer will tell you, there's only one real question worth asking. What is she wearing? That was the topic we chose to get into for the main Women at Warp panel this year at Star Trek Las Vegas. Without further ado, here's the audio, such as we have it, for that panel. If you'd like to follow along with the panel, you can download a PDF of our slides and our show notes on womenatwarp.com. Okay, guys. Hi, and good morning. Welcome to the Kelly Auditorium. Um, let me introduce Miss Sarah Golding who will tell you about the next guest about women in costume. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Golding. Thank you, and I would like to welcome Ms. Grace Moore. Up next, we have Ms. Jera Hodge. Hey. And finally, our facilitator for the session, my co-host, Sue Kissenweather. Good morning. There it is. Hello. You found your voice. <laughs> well, as we start every podcast, welcome to Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Join us as our crew of four women Star Trek fans boldly go on our bi-weekly mission to explore our favorite franchise. My name is Sue, and thanks for showing up. <laughs> Thank you all so much for showing up to such an early panel. So, uh... Jarrah and Grace are two of my regular co-hosts, and Sarah is our guest here today. And we're going to be talking about women's costumes in Star Trek, if you hadn't gotten that. Uh, so what we're going to be doing today is going through some of the most iconic costumes. We put out calls on Twitter, on our Facebook, got a lot of feedback to see what people wanted us to talk about. And we will be scoring some of these costumes. These are the criteria that we came up with to score, up to five points each per costume per, per person on the panel. So at the very end, that means the total score will be out of 100. So we'll be talking about, or we'll be thinking about functionality, as in can you do what you need to do in this situation wearing this costume? <laughs> Design and aesthetics, how does it look? Because that is also important. Is it fierce? <laughs> Comfort, can you move around easily in this costume? Or to be more direct about it, how quick will your bathroom trip be? <laughs> Styling and accessories, how does it all work together? And expression, does this outfit speak to the character? Does it express their truth? So, as a warm-up, we're going to get started with some of our standard duty uniforms. And our panelists all have whiteboards here to show their scores. We're we come prepared. So, let's start right at the beginning with our TOS standard duty uniform. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, it was interesting because we came up with these criteria without knowing what costumes we were going to pick, and I, it actually really surprised me how it turned out, and that TOS did actually pretty well some of the costumes. And for the duty uniform, some of the things I really like about it is the look. I think it's, it's pretty iconic. I just have to knock it down a couple points because the, uh, you know, if you... In terms of functionality, great. It's very functional if you don't need to bend over. 
<laughs> um, and also the fact that the velour shrinks. I have one of these costumes myself, and after like two or three cold water washes, it is now too short to wear, and it started out like two inches longer than the screen version. So those are where I knocked it down a little bit, but I'm going to give it 19. Grace and Sarah, how would you score out of 25? Well, I'm a fan of this. It's such an iconic look. It's a good look, as we've proven. Um, but expression-wise, it only speaks to a very specific type of person in terms of people who like to wear miniskirts, which some do, but not everyone. So because of that and its iconic nature, I gave it a 15. The lights came up. <laughs> and Sarah? So I think I was really cranky when I scored these, so I, I scored everything pretty low. Um, I actually gave it a zero in function because you can't bend over, you can't raise your arms. That, that cuts you out of doing a lot of stuff you need to do in Starfleet. Um, I also gave it a zero on comfort because there is some pretty serious shapewear going on underneath this costume. There's, there is probably steel boning involved in making you the right shape to look good in that. Um, I also... On a lot of the ones that are uniforms, I gave it a zero on expression because it's not supposed to express the character. It's supposed to be a uniform. So I gave it a nine. And for a lot of the similar reasons, I gave this one a 14. So we will move on now to TNG DS9 and Voyager. Now, uh, as my, my panelists prepare their whiteboards, I will say we know that there is a large range here in these costumes and that they changed over time. However, they are all still essentially a jumpsuit. So a that is why we grouped them together. Also, we only have 45 minutes. <laughs> so. And uh, when we're done going through the duty uniforms, we're going to get you guys with show of hands to say which one you would score the highest. So just keep in mind. Um, but yeah, I gave this one an 18. I think, it's, I think they're pretty solid. I like that there's a color range. I, get, I like that, I mean, I have the uh, Voyager uh, jumpsuit. It's very comfortable unless, I mean, it's wool, so it's a little bit challenging if it's hot, but it's better than the spandex TNG in terms of comfort, so 18. I, I understand that it's very, very comfortable looking. I mean, you're wearing a onesie, but it's pretty much going around in pajamas awesome. But at the same time, I look at it and I think, mm, I would not feel very confident wearing that. So I gave it a 15. Just because not for me. Not for me. Sarah? I thought some of them looked more comfortable than others. Like the ones that are very form-fitting, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing that. That's not designed for all women. Um, uh, I didn't give it very high scores in styling or expression because, again, it's a uniform. But I did give it a 5 in function because you can do what you need to do. So it ended up being a 16 for me. Awesome. Also, I just need to mention while we're on the TNG uniforms that in the writer's um, book for, or sorry, the costume book for like the series Bible for season one of TNG, there's the line, there will be no pockets. And for that, I, I cannot give it a perfect score. No, because yeah, I knocked it down we on all functionality need for that. <laughs> Jarrah stole my thunder a little bit, oh, but, sorry. you know, Dr. Crusher is the only woman in the 24th century who has pockets. So it gets a 17. <laughs> All right, so Enterprise, a very big departure from what we have seen so far. Pockets, jumpsuit. Um, Turtleneckage. Yeah, so, but it can zip down. I mean, this is, I feel like this is uh, the first costume that, some people might have real-world experience with, as uh, I am also, I'll say, a member of the 501st. I'm a Thai pilot, and I wear a flight suit when I troop. I know how comfortable they can be. I love having pockets. They're a pain in the butt to pee in. So, 
my score for enterprise is a 15. This is also because we don't see any of our characters really altering or adjusting their costume, their, their uniform at all, to express themselves like we do in uh, TNG and TOS. Okay, sure. Um, so this one, I gave it fives in function and comfort. Um, that's something I would love to wear for work every day and not have to think about it. Um, lower scores, I gave it threes in design and styling and a zero for expression again because it's a uniform, so total 16. I gave it marks in comfort and functionality, but I, I, I just don't like the look of them. I felt like they could have done more creatively speaking. I mean, okay, so these are jumpsuit. Also, the jumpsuit zips in the front, which is a big advantage over the TNG. Yeah. Um, but uh, you don't yeah, need I a mean, friend to help you get dressed. I, I gave this the lowest marks in expression because there's no range of colors and people don't seem to wear any like accessories or there's no way you can customize it like Ensign Rowe with a headband or Uhura with her earrings. Um, so 14. All right, disco prize. Ooh, not super comfortable. <laughs> but uh, why don't we start at the end of the table again with Sarah? Okay, so I love the design of this one, and the function is great. It looks like you can do what you need to do in it. Um, I love the styling. Um, again, this one is a uniform, but I think... I liked how it's styled as a uniform, I guess is what I was going for on that one. Um, expression, still not high, so a total of 17. All right, Grace. Um, I went similar. I think it's a very chic uniform. I hope to God there's pockets on them, but the color scheme, I think, really works for it. I love how bright and expressive the newer ones are, and I loved how, again, just tailored and well-made looking the previous ones in the first season were. So 18. I'm a fan. Okay, you guys, Starfleet, more like Star, Starfleet, not Starfleet. That is what I think <laughs> about this uniform. Um, I love it. I gave it 21 um, because I also, bonus points for the fact that there are scant options. Um, the only thing that I took off for is the fact that you have to wear the boots over the pants all the time. Um, and... That, but like overall, I think they, they're fairly comfortable and, you know, zip at the front, they're separate pants. Um, so yeah, love them. Yeah, I also scored this pretty high for uniforms. I gave it a 19. And my biggest takeaway from this is that these are boots that actually have tread on them. If you're climbing stairs, if you're running down rocks, you, you won't slip and fall. There is an iconic scene from uh, when, when Captain Picard gets stuck in the elevator with the kids, right? He's climbing up that ladder, and they do a shot from behind. There is no tread on those boots. He would die. How's That's he climbing not okay. A <laughs> How? <laughs> so, uh, of our standard duty uniforms, I will say we did not share our scores with each other before this panel. So I'm actually here writing these down and adding them up as well. I've got a lot going on. Uh, our highest scoring uniform, with a 75 out of a possible 100 points, is the Discovery uniform. But we also want to know your favorite. So by show of hands, TOS. Okay, there's some love Close. for the TOS. TNG DS9 Voyager. Mm-hmm. Love right. for that. I'd say that's a good 40% of the room. Enterprise. Practical pockets. does not pockets. get many votes. Can't be, I mean, disco uniforms have pockets too. They're yeah. just not as many of them. But they do zip clothes. They're kind of yeah. like you're wearing a giant cargo <laughs> pants. All right, and, and Discovery uh, New Enterprise. Nice. Yeah, huh. looks good. All right, let's move on to some of our more iconic guest stars. Yeah. And we will start right here. 
And I know Grace has a lot to say about this costume. I do. I really do. Now, I got to say, if she's supposed to be a gladiator fighting in the ring, this isn't the most ridiculous pro wrestling costume <laughs> I've seen. It's not even the most ridiculous pro wrestling costume in this episode. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I did give it a mark for accessorizing because the boots are great. And having a weapon really makes a statement with any look, honestly. I don't love the cut of the diaper bottom or the jiffy or the jiffy pop cleavage. I feel like those are really dangerous. And again, sort of the bikini brief cut of the bottom, that that feels a little cruel. It is so hard to look good in that. And the fact that she's never known freedom but has have to known a bikini waxer is cruel. <laughs> I don't love the accessorizing either because I feel like the combination of the costume and sexy spacewear, which is definitely what this is, and giant beehive hair doesn't really say forged in the pits of fighting to me but there it is and that's why I gave it in total even though it is I absolutely acknowledge an iconic look super great for Barbarella maybe um I give it an eight in terms of for this character if it had been on another character I might have loved it uh Sarah what's your score I gave it a 25 And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, first function, she can do what she needs to do in this outfit. I love the design because I, I actually really love Barbarella. I love the costumes <laughs> in that love. movie. It looks actually more comfortable than swimsuits I have worn. Uh, I love the styling and the expression. And you know what? I've seen a lot of thin women wearing this costume. I would love to see a plus-size woman do this costume. I think this would look fabulous on a plus-size woman. Um, okay, well, I'm going to flip it back to a nine. Um, <laughs> I, I, mostly for reasons Grace raised um, way in a way more funny way than I could have. But, um, like, just let's have a real talk about the uh, Bill Tice titillation theory for a second. Um, this is not the, like, maybe uh, only example, but the idea is, like, the sexiness of the costume is proportional to how much it looks like it could fall off at any given moment. And like, let's show things that are not expected to be shown um, while covering up things that you have to actually show on TV. But the th- like, real talk about how bras work for people. So um, everyone in this episode sucks at fighting. So yes, she can do what she um, in this costume. Not much of a cur- curve to grade on. Yeah, but like all of the, like these outfits, like the Droxine outfit and stuff in the um, Carolyn Palamas and Who Mourns for uh, Adonis are like taped underneath the boob and um, it doesn't actually hold anything in place. So when Shauna has to like fall on her back at several points, the bra just like weirdly collapses and so I can't, I gotta give it a nine. That's Jiffy Pop. Yeah, yeah. Pop, it deflates also. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, what Jarrah and Grace said for me, but her boots are flats, so yeah. I gave her a 13. Yeah. All right, we're going to try and move quick. We got a lot of costumes on our list, so let's move on and talk about Keiko's wedding dress. So uh, I scored this one pretty high. I don't know how much, and we couldn't really find how much they... Uh, did research on whether this is traditional or, you know, appropriated or, or what the costume designer did. There is not much on it. But even so, uh, I gave this a 23. I think this is a great costume. 
Um, I gave it a 15. I only knocked it down because um, she's wearing those like block sandals that look kind of hard to walk in. And also the costume had a lace unitard underneath it, which uh, fails our test of going to the bathroom easily. <laughs> I think it's very pretty. I think they could have gotten a little more creative with it. And again, I don't know how much actual research went into it. Love the hat though, 18. Erin, I gave this one also a 25. Because it's beautiful, and I loved the fabric, and um, I'm actually half Japanese, like the O'Brien family, and this looks to me like something in the future that you would see in a Japanese wedding. Because in a Japanese wedding, there's like multiple costume changes, and some are traditional, and some are Western, and this would fit right in, I think. So, 25. Awesome. So, I know pretty much everybody in this room is waiting for it. The Dura sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, do you want to kick this one off? Oh, wait, hold on. I have okay. to add first. <laughs> Math. Well, I mean, we have, else go. we have our iconic boob window here, right? But I have to say it is not very functional for actual fighting. Uh, one of our friends is a fencer and points out that in women's armor, uh, you obviously want that area covered because that's where your heart is. Might be in a slightly different place for Klingons. But even so, if there's even an indentation in your chest plate, it's going to direct any weapon hit to the center of your body. So if you're wearing real functional armor, you want your, your chest plate to be as flat as possible across your chest. Um, so that, that functionality brings stuff down. But I mean, this is iconic and just looks pretty comfortable because I mean, once you get used to wearing corsets and armor, they're not that bad as long as you can sit down in them. So I wound Big up if. giving this, these costumes a 20. I gave it a 13, um, mostly the armor reason. Also, the skirts just look kind of hard to move in. Um, that said, maybe this is just a you know, good representation of the Klingon patriarchy at that point in their history. Yeah. I love the silhouette. I love the accessorizing with weapons again, but at the same time, grown women wearing matching outfits with their <laughs> siblings. 10. Give it a 10 out of 25. <laughs> And I gave it a 17. It got marks for expression and styling because weapons are always appropriate with armor. Um, but I just thought wearing a whole skirt made of armor looked really heavy and uncomfortable, so that knocked it down for me. All right, now to a different era of the Klingon Empire with our Chancellor. Uh, well, you can see right away that the skirt's shorter. She's, she's got, like, these sort of, like, leathery pants on underneath, which look pretty awesome. Um, we had our, our Twitter audience vote on which Laurel look we should choose, and people really seem to like this look and how it made her look really regal. Um, it's super, super detailed, like all the Discovery costumes are, um, but this one does look pretty functional, um, looks super badass, and I kind of want it. <laughs> <laughs> So, 23. I absolutely love the sort of gladiatrix leader Joan of Arc look, and I think it's amazing. I love what went into it. But at the same time, based on our judging criteria, I don't feel like it fully speaks to Laurel as a person. Love the outfit. I feel like we could have something that speaks more to her, though, so I went with 16. Out of love. Um, I thought this, especially compared to the previous Klingon uh, kind of well, it fills in the gap, obviously, and then the the skirt literally, is, <laughs> literally, and then the skirt part is much more functional with the pants going on there. So I actually and it expresses. I don't think expresses her as a person, but I think it expresses what she wants to communicate about herself as the chancellor. So I gave her twenty four. 
And we, we saw some photos, uh, Mary Chifo shared a lot on her social media over the season of her needing to be in like a resting chair in some of her costumes because she couldn't bend over. Um, and we see very clearly with our center image here that she can sit. And again, as someone who wears armor on a semi-regular basis, that is an A-plus thing to have. Uh, and I scored her a 20 for this costume. So, seven of nine. <laughs> We have opinions. Look at that undergarment. <laughs> that's not comfortable. Um, that's, that's really why I wanted to talk about this costume the most, uh, because it's got to, to corset her, but then also have those, that, that ribbing be strong enough and large enough that it is then seen through those jumpsuits. And uh, you can see in, our, in the maroon costume, those shoes are built into the pants. You cannot take your shoes off all day. I don't know how many, in this uh, how many people in this room have worn heels all day long, um, but taking your shoes off is kind of the best thing on the planet when, when that happens. I mean, is it such a big deal if she doesn't like sit down or lie down, she just goes into a little pod? She has to do it with the <laughs> heels on, too. Yeah, but still, not, not great. And, uh, well, you have a point that you want to make about Seven of Nine, but I will say that my score for, for this type of costume on Seven is a 13. Yeah, I, I give this one a zero on comfort because it's, I'm thinking particularly the silver outfit, which had the stronger ribbing and corset, and literally was so tight that she had to have a, uh, like an EMT on staff because she would pass out wearing that costume. So you don't get any points for comfort on that. Um, but the other point I wanted to make was the, about speaking to the truth of the character, because I think it's important to remember that when Seven of Nine got to figure out what her fantasy looked like on the holodeck, she had herself in a regular uniform like everyone else. So the fact is like, what we're, we should think about is like, did she actually want to look like that? Or that was just like the outfit that was built for her and she didn't really have a lot of choices for her. So uh, gonna give 11. I've never seen a scientist wear that tight a garment, honestly. <laughs> Um, I think the costume, while it's, it's based mostly around how pretty it looks and how pretty it makes Jerry look, which is obviously very, um, I like what they did with the hair and the Borg jewelry there, but at the same time, it's a cat suit, so pretty obvious 10 for me <laughs> that it is pretty, but... And I didn't realize until I added this up that I gave it a total of 9 minus 7 points. <laughs> For two, because that looks really uncomfortable and not fun to wear, and you can't do a whole lot in it. There's not a whole lot of styling involved. Yeah, it didn't work for me. So this is where our audio cut out. Unfortunately, we had a uh, transporter ghost Hoshi Sato got into the system to try and signal us or something, and we just kind of cut off. But fortunately, Sarah was wonderfully willing to talk to us again so we could recreate the second half of this panel for everyone. So we're hey, going Sarah. to pick this up and talk about Miranda Jones. Miranda is my perfect score. I think these costumes are absolutely gorgeous. She clearly can do not only what she needs to do in them, but, but her, her outfits are sensors that help her navigate the world. Uh, and this is clothing that is effective and useful for a person with a disability. And uh, Diana Maldar is just straight up gorgeous. Yeah, I also gave this a perfect score, although I admit 
partly because we did talk a little bit about this one in advance, and I was like, why am I not giving this a perfect score? And I couldn't come up with a good reason. Um, but, I mean, the styling, she's got that that cool little hair knot thing on top. Um, it's pretty awesome. It, it goes well with visor that prevents you from seeing the ugliness of Medusans. Um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty cool and practical and gorgeous. Well, I didn't give this one a perfect score, but I gave it one of my higher ones, and I gave it a 20 because it, again, is a medical garment, and it's a lovely one as far as they go. She wears it with swagger. It's very well accessorized, again, with the hair and makeup styling. Looks good with the visor, and she she wears it well, I must say. Yeah, I also gave it a 20. Um, I wasn't as crazy about it as some of you guys. The main thing was, if I was wearing it, I'd be so worried about snagging the jewels or sequins or whatever those are under my arms all the time. They're sensor sequins. They're sensor sequins, but I bet they still catch. That's true. That's true. Sensor <laughs> or no. <laughs> All right. So that gives Miranda Jones a combined score of 90, Ooh. which is our highest so far. And we move on to Tama from the uh, Enterprise episode Precious Cargo. And let's be real. This is a Forever 21 junior prom dress right off the rack. It's so junior prom looking from the color to the cut. But tell us how you really feel about it. (laughs) Well, I gave this one a 10 because in order to actually do anything useful, she literally has to rip her dress in half. Yeah, the best part of this dress is how easy it is to rip off uh, because it's terrible. (laughs) Uh, I gave it a 9, but mostly what bothered me is this is a character who's supposed to be an alien. She's played by Padma Lakshmi. So this is, you know, there's a lot of potential for you to have a wedding dress from an alien culture that is way more interesting than this, but it's not even, like, interesting from a human wedding dress perspective. It's, like, yeah, it's light pink. It's got really nothing interesting going on with the beading or the neck or the color or the length or anything. It's just, like, way too meh for this character and for yeah it's just super uncreative i will definitely agree with you on that front that it you feel it feels like you'd be hard pressed to have something that doesn't look great on padma lakshmi the color is really boring the cut of it is again looks junior promish but i will say i gave it a 13 and that's because uh with all of that there's some interesting stylistic throwback to the sort of 60s evening gown wear with the halter neck and with the silhouette And uh, with the color choice and the shiny fabric, I feel like that is an interesting way of tying the early aughts aesthetics back to the 1960s. And I just, I think, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I like that. Sarah? Um, I gave it a 10 because it's an off-the-rack disaster. (laughs) And I kind of wonder now if it looks so cheap because there was a line in there where she had to rip it. And so they're like, we have to work with this cheap fabric. Let's just go with it. (laughs) They should have just made it like a tearaway and just had snaps. (laughs) tear away and she has a better costume (laughs) on underneath it well if there's one thing we've learned from enterprise it's that they're never wearing anything better underneath it (laughs) (sighs) well we certainly couldn't have done this panel without bringing up luoxana troy in this case we are specifically looking at what she wears in the deep space nine episode the forsaken there are three different looks here uh, but I think they're they're all valid. I'm pretty sure the pink one we've seen before in Next Generation, uh, it is corseted. 
we've got uh, this blue lace number, and then we've got the red dress at the end. Uh, we see Luxana wears a similar wig in each look, and this is the episode where um, she takes her wig off and shows, trying to, to show Odo that it is okay to be vulnerable. Uh, and I, I think that's just a really lovely moment that certainly probably influenced my scoring in this case. Uh, but my my one main concern with Laksana is as a diplomat, uh, she needs to be taken seriously. And sometimes her looks might be so over the top that she is not taken seriously. So that dinged her a little bit on functionality of all things. But she still gets a 20 from me. Yeah, I gave her a 22. Um I I have that issue, uh, but also I just wasn't sure how comfortable all the outfits would be. I get that, you know, they're a maxi dress, so, you know, generally, generally pretty comfortable, but sometimes the sleeves look like they might be a little tight or um, just a little bit constricted, or is it too heavy? Is it too hot? I, I wasn't always confident they'd be the most comfortable things to wear. Um, but I love all of these looks. My favorite is definitely the blue lace thing with the bright, like, orangey-red wig. Um, and, of course, I, I love, uh, I think I've said on the podcast before, I love the moment. Uh, the red dress is definitely the most basic uh, look, simple look of these. Um, but the moment where she does take off her wig to Odo as a bald lady, that meant a lot to me. So, yeah. Well, uh, Luxwana, I've got her tied with my highest score for this panel. I've got her at a 22. I know the highest highest score I'm willing to give. I'm I reserve the right to be picky. I love the I love her costumes. I really do. I love that it looks like they're visually very fun, both like something that the character would enjoy in the sense of needing and wanting to be the center of attention and just like something that the costuming people had fun putting together and got to get creative with. I love the contrasting we see with her wig colors and her dresses and I love using wigs as accessories. I really do. And it speaks to the character so much just about being bright and effervescent and over the top. And again, I just, I, I, I love anytime we get to see older women characters get to be that level of over the top and not treated like they're meant to be sort of mumsy and forgotten, which is something that we see a lot, both uh, in Western culture and in pop culture. Well, I gave her a 24. The only thing I dinged her on was comfort because it looks like there's some shapewear going on under most of her costumes. <laughs> Beauty knows right? no pain. Well, she sacrificed comfort for expression. I would have given her a 200 for yes. expression if I could because all of these outfits just scream Waxana. And I love that even though there's not a specific Waxana outfit or dress or hairstyle, there's a specific Waxana look. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about her, the expression. She's fantastic. Moving on to another very expressive lady. (laughs) We have Ishka, specifically from Family Business. Oh, Ishka. A.K.A. Moogie. (laughs) And uh, Sarah, this was one of your requests for this panel, so I'm going to throw this to you first. Yeah, I especially want to talk about Moogie because in the culture she's from, she's not dressing for anyone else at all. This is, it just sounds so freeing. She designed this completely to please herself. Um, so she liked this pattern. Um, she liked the gold chains. She liked the fringe on her living room lamp and she put it all together. And this is what she loves. This is who she is. I love it. Um, I gave her a 23. I dinged her a little bit on design and styling because it is kind of a craziness. 
<laughs> there is that Ali Wong bit about how once you reach a certain age as a woman, you just have to go, ah, screw it. I want to be shiny. I'll do what I want. So I gave her a, a 14 based on the fact that she is very clearly doing what she wants. But at the same time, it's a big old beaded moo moo. <laughs> and as much as I don't want to judge, but I am here judging, that can't be comfortable. I mean, you've got the best part of the moo moo and the least comfortable part of anything you could possibly wear. So how are you going to sit down on all that beating? I ask you. <laughs> I mean, Ishka is so extra. And um, I mean, if you do not think that she is badass just because she's standing up to the Ferengi patriarchy, consider the fact that she's wearing this, what looks to be a very heavy earring necklace combo. Um, we don't often <laughs> mm -hmm. see Ferengi with pierced ears. Um also, presumably, on Ferengi's, the ear, uh, women also have the ears as an erogenous zone. So, it is, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna take her seriously. I'm not gonna be messing with her. So, yeah. She's walking around the house with those. She's showing them off in front of her kids. Yep. <laughs> yeah, not just anybody does that. You do you, Ishka. Yeah, so, I uh, gave her well, 21. Her function, what she needs to do in this costume, is just wear this costume. Because that alone is smashing the patriarchy of Ferengi mm -hmm. culture. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, a movie only... of patriarchy smashing. <laughs> the only thing I dinged this on was the placement of the, the beaded fringe. Because it's along the inner seam of the arm. Yeah. And I feel like that would get really annoying. So she gets a 24 <laughs> from me. <laughs> this moo-moo bashes the patriarchy. <laughs> Well, this is the point in Las Vegas that we went into our speed round because we were running out of time. We have no time limits here today. We don't have so to do that. <laughs> we're uh, going to go through these next few. Still try and keep it fast, but not as fast as Las Vegas. So if you've heard it before, maybe you haven't. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the next one on our list is Ardra, of course, from Devil's Do. I dig this main costume quite a lot and the only real detriment to it in my opinion is how you know the shoes and the pants it's basically a bodysuit with a skirt and shoes built in but i think it looks great and and she can do what she needs to do in it which is be intimidating so <laughs> i gave this a 20 i also gave it a 20 um i think similar reasoning just dinged it on comfort a little bit i gave it a 15 i like it for all those out uh aspects i like that it's pretty much catwoman formal wear but at the same time i feel there's too many different visual things going on at once for me to love it i just felt like the combination between the corset pants the shoulders and the detailing on the front of it just is all a little much altogether. if we had just detracted a few of those things I would have adored it yeah I liked it too I gave it a 21 I love the sheer skirt over the pants look I did think it needed a little more in the earrings department um, and maybe lose some of the decoration on the front there but overall I liked it and I thought she was she looks fierce and that's what she needed to do awesome so next up is Janeway specifically in her white tuxedo Oof. Uh, I I scored this a 20 as well and I think that uh, my my dings are the same as Jara's, so I'm just going to let her handle it. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like this was a great choice for Janeway in uh, the um, 
killing game. Um, she's, you know, she's classy. She's already, she already had some comparisons to Marlena Dietrich even before you put her in a similar time period. Um, so the, putting her in a tuxedo is pretty awesome. Uh, I mostly love, love this outfit, uh, but oh man, you can't eat or drink anything while you're wearing it. Uh, so that, takes off some marks for me. Um, I also just didn't think that, like, the hair is okay, but I didn't think that the styling or accessories was particularly creative. Um, but I love this outfit and generally how they uh, costume the characters for this episode. Same. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Janeway tux and her big Janeway energy that it gives her, uh, which is why I gave her gave it a 20 out of 25. Again, I love it. I think she she wears it very well. It's just not very tailored. Um, and I felt like they could have done more style wi- uh, styling wise with it. Yeah, this one, I had somehow missed it when I was doing my original scoring. So I had to score it on the spot in Vegas and I gave it a 22, which looking at it now, I think that was a little high because really, I don't think I'm all for women wearing tuxes. I think that's great, but I don't think you need sequins on the lapels unless you're actually in a musical. <laughs> so I'd probably like revise that down to a 20. Maybe at the end of the night, she goes into the, like the so long, farewell number, telling everyone, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Get out of my bar. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Emperor Giorgio. Uh, for me, this is functional armor. And my big ding against this costume was comfort, because even if it's functional, it's not always comfortable. But still, she gets a 20. I give this a 21. I don't have a ton else to add. I also, I think it looks amazing. I think, um, you know, when we interviewed Gersha Phillips, uh, the costume designer for Discovery, talking about um, some of the ways that they did things a bit differently, um, this idea that Discovery has about the mirror universe being a bit different and how you can show the same kinds of lines that you saw in like Mirror Mirror in the original series without making everyone bear their midriff so uh so yeah so 21 i gave this a 22 it ties with Luxwana for my highest score in that oh my god look at it for one thing um i love one of the things i've always loved about the costuming with discovery is we get some very creative silhouettes with it that we i don't think got to see as much as we could have with some previous costuming but this one i really love what they did with it and the the cut and sculpture of the shoulders and neck make it a very much an intimidation-based outfit. But the there's a sort of cutesiness to the hair thing in it that makes it feel like she's um, she knows she's intimidating, but she finds it funny that we find her intimidating. I give it a 21. I think it's an interesting combination of the very functional armor, but the very unfunctional status symbol cloak, coat thing. Um, it looks gorgeous. I just don't like the thing on her head because it looks like she saved the bow off a Christmas present. <laughs> See, I thought that was funny. I thought that was kind of a, oh, I'm, oh, you think I'm scary. Look at me with my bow. I just bow. think it's, it's a weird juxtaposition of uh, armor that's meant to intimidate, the coat that's meant to intimidate, and then here's a little bow on my head. Yeah, and I mean, you can see sort of similar uh, techniques with Laurel with the, like, big capes and uh, awesome sort of, like, leathery pants and boots. And it's like, I'm I'm down with this look for badass ladies of the future. As am I. I, for one, welcome our Emperor Overlord. (laughs) You know, if it's going to look this good. All right, so moving on, we go next to Admiral Satie. And... I'll just say my score was a 19 for this. Not everybody can pull off that neckline, 
But uh, I will throw this to Jara as it was one of her picks. I, I mean, I love this uh, both. So she sort of has these two sets of robes um, with very subtle differences. One has like a very fine uh, blue um, uh, like um, braid around like the um, neck and the um, sleeves. And um, the other one has sort of a pink thing that goes inside of it. Definitely a look not everyone can pull off, but I feel like her function is to look authoritative and badass and like be, I mean, a judge is someone who in a lot of places wears kind of ridiculous looking robes. In Canada, our Supreme Court justices definitely look like Santa. Um, so uh, I don't think that that takes away from her functionality at all. Uh, super bonus points for the fact that her necklace looks like a noose. I don't know if that was intentional, but uh, I feel like it fits with this episode. I guess my only mark is I feel like maybe just a tiny touch too much matching eyeshadow. Is that a necklace? I totally assumed that was a zipper pool. Oh, same here. I thought it was just a supersized 90s a pendant thing. Pendant thing. <laughs> it is a multi-purpose uh, piece of hardware on the front of her robe. Yeah, and it is slightly subtly evil looking. So yeah, 23 mm. is what I gave her. I'm just going to jump in and say I gave her a 22 because I really like the interesting neckline. But I think maybe because I was assuming that was a zipper pull, it's almost borderline house dresser bathrobe to me. So I don't know. I wanted to, maybe it needed something to look a little more formal. I think there were some scenes where she was wearing some awesome earrings with it that helped. Yeah, I um, I agree that it's it's interesting. It's authoritative looking. It's intimidating, definitely. But I just feel like it's a little uh, on the cheaper side looking. I felt like there could have been more put into it. It looks like kind of if Uniqlo had a line of supervillain wear. <laughs> so I felt like it could be just more, more intense looking. But uh, for what it is, it works. I just think it takes some guts for any member of Starfleet to decide, I don't need to wear a uniform. I'm above that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we see that every now and then, including on the bridge. <laughs> but so let's go next to Guinan. We have a couple different designs here. And uh, they're all pretty similar. They all seem to have the same shape and just in different colors. I mean, you find something you like and you buy it in every color. I get that. Um, my my biggest issue here is that one of these designs is drawn with bare feet, hmm. which like if you're in food service, not great. <laughs> but also, uh, there are a few of the sleeves have those uh, the the cuffs that come up and like wrap around your hand or go around the thumb. And to me, that doesn't seem conducive to handling drinkware either. But even so, I still give Guinan overall a 20. Was anyone else disappointed that when she was fencing with Picard, they didn't make her like a fencing outfit that had a, a big like flat hat underneath it? Huge yes. missed opportunity. <laughs> <sighs> uh, anyway, um, I generally have no problems with what Guinan wears. I just feel like because there's a few different looks here, um, I don't like them all equally well. I feel like the bolder colors do better than like the light pink. And early on, I think she has like an orange one. Um, and also when the costume designer changed to Robert Blackman and her hats got bigger, I think that generally those looks are better. So I gave it sort of 21 on average. I gave it a 20. You do you, Guinan. You rock the look as you see fit. I also think she looks better in jewel tones and big hats in space forever. 
I gave this a perfect score of 25 because I think she looks amazing. It's an iconic look. I mean, you wear something flowy and the flat top hat. It doesn't matter what color it is. Everyone's going to recognize that you're dressing up like Guinan. And this is like Mm -hmm. the most comfortable outfit ever. It's basically pajamas and then something to cover your head so you don't have to do your hair. It's perfect. (laughs) If you were out in the sun, it would be even more useful. I'm just not sure how big the hat needs to be inside it's big enough to express how you feel (laughs) it's extremely functional and fun and fun all right next up we go to lita specifically from bar association i like the look of this costume quite a bit and may have uh spoken a bit to chase masterson right before we did this panel the day before uh who said that the costume but like the body of it was comfortable to wear but that similar to the Seven of Nine costume, the shoes were built into the bodysuit. So you couldn't slip your shoes off. You couldn't easily use the restroom. But uh, I really like the little, like, chiffon. It's not really a full skirt, but the little chiffon pieces that come off from the waist and, and move around her as she moves in this costume. And I gave it an 18. I gave it a 15. Um, I gave it like slightly, you know, above I gave it three out of five on everything, actually. Um, I think the comfort issue is and the functionality issue of not being able to pee super easily is a big serious issue. Um, I don't love the look of this as much as some of her other outfits. Um, I, I think maybe it's like the combination of the, the sort of like green color that doesn't really say anything to me. Um, but uh, also in terms of expressing who she is as a character, I feel like the fact that we see her um, away from work wearing like, you know, maybe uh, like usually a bit uh, darker, richer colors and certainly not quite as showy means that like, I don't think it expresses an essence of her character. It's part of who she is, but it's not definitively who she is it's who she puts on for work and i gave it a 13 because i feel like it works with the aesthetic of the show and with her job as a dabo girl cocktail waitress but uh it's not i don't love it and it's not an outfit that ages very well i don't think especially with the color palette we were talking about I gave it a 22 because it's functional for her job. And I actually really like the color palette. It's stuff that I could never wear so I like seeing it on someone else. (laughs) But yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, just two more left. The next one is our Romulan Commander. Uh, I absolutely love this, but uh, I will defend it against my lower score of the TOS uniform because as Commander, I think that this character has a slightly different function, which is to be intimidating. You know, we're not expecting her to go on away missions in this or carry out standard crew duties in this costume so i scored it differently based uh, against that uniform and i also just love the design which is apparently something that i have to discuss with one of my panelists (laughs) (laughs) but i scored her at a 19 in this costume I gave her a 24, which was my second highest score after Miranda Jones. Um, Just goes to prove that, you know, um, I was actually surprised, like, how high most of my TOS scores came out. Shauna accepted, I guess. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I sort of agree with Sue that the function is a little bit different than the TOS uniforms. But um, I think the color's great. I like the... uh, 
you know, the use with the boots. It just, it looks to me like it would be sort of comfortable and empowering to sit around in and command your ship. It's definitely a power look. I gave it a 19 because I love that the juxtaposition uh, between two patterns and the little cape that comes off in the back with the chief sort of alien elements in it. Other than that, it's just, it's just a power mini dress. And um, I would have given a higher score. I just felt like it could have been styled better. Other than that, as just a dress and as an alien costume, it works on equal levels, and I like it. So I gave it an eight, and most of that's for the thigh-high <laughs> boots. Um, <laughs> no, I I really didn't like it. I think the fabric's too thick. I don't like the patterns. Um, I don't think it's super flattering. I'm not very intimidated by someone who looks like she forgot to put on her pants under her sweater. Um, <laughs> it just didn't she's work she's doing power knitwear. It's power knitwear. Fair critique. critique. (laughs) Agree to disagree. (laughs) I still love it. I'd wear it. (laughs) All right. And our last costumes, which got a resounding laugh, I guess, from the crowd in Las Vegas, are the costumes from Justice. Wow. (laughs) If you're listening Um, and you are at a computer, just take a minute to look this, look the costume up again for the full, full moment of just saying, wow. And specifically, we're talking about if you had to, like, pick which costume, the one that Revan wears, who's the main, like, named woman character, the one who comes out to the Enterprise, because, like, the men's costumes in that are just a whole other thing. Some of the same issues, but a whole other thing. These aren't aren't helpful for anybody in any way. And I scored these a six. Uh, I give it an eight, including a zero on the metric of comfort, um, because you try jogging with no undergarments whatsoever and see how that goes for you. Yeah, and definitely not a great look. I gave it an eight, and I feel like that's pretty high in terms of uh, how much I dislike a lot of the sort of diapery cut of a lot of them. But we have proven with Megan Rapinoe's Sports Illustrated uh, photo shoot that this can work if it's styled correctly. <laughs> yeah, something tells me that unlike these people, Megan Rapino did not have an entire roll of double-sided tape under her swimsuit. <laughs> you can you just look at the picture and tell there's tape everywhere under those things making them stay put because, yes, something like that is not meant to be clothing. Yeah, watching this episode with my friend was the first time I learned the ter- term moose knuckle. So, <laughs> uh, I guess we weren't. We're talking about the men's costumes, but just so you know, yeah, that tells you all you need to know about justice. Yeah, I gave it a zero, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, so that's the end of our costume list. Uh, Miranda Jones stayed in the lead with a total of 90 combined points out of 100. And Rivon slash Justice came in with a 22. (laughs) Why would you give her a perm with that outfit? Why? The other thing that uh, we're missing in our recordings because of my memory card running out of space is um, that we did have some good audience questions. Um, One of them Mm -hmm. was about the question about um, like whether it's fair to or how you are applying styling criteria for the duty uniforms, given that they're sort of quasi military and how is reasonable for them to balance aesthetics versus like the need for a military command structure and discipline. So so in terms of, of styling or expression, what I was going on was what it appeared the characters were allowed to, to do. So we saw in uh, TOS, we have a lot of different hairstyles. We have, I think, the only earrings we ever really see uh, on the, the women crew members. 
uh, in next gen, you've got rose headband, you've got Bajoran earrings, you've got different things that characters can do to either reflect their, their religion or their belief system or their culture. And that seems to disappear somewhat as we get to Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, and we haven't really seen much of it on Discovery either. I briefly touched on, um, and again, I was going into this com- with no military knowledge or background whatsoever, that I've, I feel like there's different ways to wear a garment that could have been expressed. Um, you can roll your sleeves up. You can have it done up all the way or all the way down in the front when you've got that layering going on. You can layer it differently. But I did have a gentleman come up to me afterwards uh, with a military background saying that that probably would be seen as unacceptable in a lot of uh, military organizations. Yeah, well, and certainly we see like Picard reacts very poorly to the chain earring thing at first. Um, So there's clearly some tension around that in universe in Star Trek as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, and we weren't saying that like the ideal would be a uniform that everyone could just customize infinitely. But just that there's some ability to customize generally was we thought a good metric for evaluating costumes. Mm -hmm. Um, But in disco, I mean, at least you do see that you can choose now a scant or pants. Um, and, uh, they do seem to have some variety of shoes sometimes. Um, maybe it's just like when you're hanging out on the ship versus you're like on duty, but, um, there's sometimes you see them like wearing kind of like vans, um, and they got like the disco t-shirts. So they have like the, Uh at least like exercise versions of the uniforms. Um, yeah. 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 And on DS9, (laughs) run on over to Jamba Juice after Starfleet classes. I think you mean jump just <laughs> You got me. On DS9, they also um, made the uniforms um, so that Miles could roll up his sleeves, yeah. particularly as like a working man. Blue collar mm-hmm. with a gold trim. As someone who goes to a lot of cons and wears a lot of outlandish outfits at them, I'm someone who also wears nothing but black and white for everyday wear. And I imagine, especially in a future where they have a holodeck and you can wear whatever you want pretty much whenever you want, it's kind of a relief to just go back to a plain old uniform and not have to think about it day to day. Probably for some yeah. people, yeah. What was the other question you remember? Oh, um, well, someone came and said, what do you think about Quark in Profit and Lace? Um, I... Definitely said I have a hard time evaluating Ferengi fashion because it's so over the top that it's hard to, like, say to what extent it should um, mesh with, like, our fashion ideals versus just, like, Ferengi fashion is ugly. Um, And that's okay. Like, does that make it good because it's fashionable and Ferenginar? But obviously acknowledging that uh, episode is basically a love letter to transphobia and uh, didn't really do much for me on an aesthetic perspective because I was so distracted by how offensive yeah. it was. Yeah, and I think this episode kind of did quirk dirty on the sense that he, he's he's already a flamboyant dresser. He's kind of got a clothes horse streak to him. He's got a lot of different outfits. He has sparkly footy pajamas. And I refuse to believe that he wouldn't already own something in his wardrobe that could be considered uh, so- somewhat unisex that could work for for him presenting as female and the idea that he goes straight from the look we know him for uh, to hot pink lame. I'm mm, not buying it. Not buying it. <laughs> and it kind of says something that when Ishka chooses her own outfit, it's a muumuu. Yeah. And when Quark is dressed up as a woman, it's super tight and revealing. Yeah. Quark doesn't uh, think highly about the idea of himself presenting as a woman. And it shows. Yeah. 
one I remember is um, it was along the lines of what could be done for the duty uniform, specifically of the Enterprise era, to improve their score. And I hope I, I represented that question correctly, because that is how I answered it, which um, was to, to me, the Enterprise uniforms, it is difficult to tell division because the division colors are just kind of in one place and very thin piping around the shoulders. And it's also difficult at times to tell rank. And in even a quasi-military environment, you want to be able to see somebody's rank right away. You want to know in an emergency who's in charge and who, who you're answering to. We didn't really talk about the movies at the time, but this was also an issue in the Kelvin universe for the first two films. I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on flight suits, but we have proven in other media that there are a way they can be really flattering and look look pretty sexy. Um, I'm thinking the Top Gun flight suits right now and Captain Marvel. Um, just they could have been done better. I can't fully articulate how. I just know that you can do a flight suit better looking than this. Yeah, they didn't even read flight suit to me. They read more car mechanic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. maybe that was the problem there. Um, so someone else also asked about T'Pol. And do we think T'Pol's cat suits are logical? Uh, nope. No. Uh, no, yeah. no, 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 we very much don't. Um, I believe I brought up the example of the episode where her and uh, Archer are kidnapped by the Andorians. And uh, she's very cold and he has to lend her his Starfleet jacket. And I'm going like, the Vulcan Science Academy would never let that happen, guys. <laughs> Why would you dress illogically for the weather where you're going? Yeah. Why? No. Also, for a culture that's really into flowy robes, the idea of her just wearing a, a unigarment that's very tightly cut doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Strange how no Vulcan men came to the conclusion that that would be a logical thing to wear. Right? It's so funny how that works. And not even those bell ringer dudes. <laughs> my, my, my main caveat anytime uh, the women of an alien species are so, shown to have an inordinately sexy outfit versus the men is, I'd have no problem with it if we saw the guys wearing it too. Justice. Yeah. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's the one plus for justice, I guess. I, I would still think it was illogical if you're going to be cold and everyone else has pockets except you. But I, uh, I agree on principle that I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't find it sexist yeah. if the guys were also wearing it. Well, all of our scores, not our, our like individual, this is my functionality score, this is my styling score, but our total scores for each of us and the total scores for all of the costumes uh, will be available in our show notes. We've made a document for that, so you can go and check it out if you'd like to, as well as, we should have said it at the beginning, but a PDF of the slides we use so you can see the costumes that we're talking about if you'd like to follow along. Awesome. And we hope you do, really. And may maybe if, if you're lucky, they'll let us talk about the movie costumes or something else costume related next year, because we certainly only touched the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. Guys, I just love costuming so much. Jarrah, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Jarrah Penguin, that's J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin on Twitter, or you can find me at TrekkieFeminist.com. And Grace? You can find me on Twitter at BonecrusherJank and also online laughing at, but also kind of coveting the Forever 21 catalog. <laughs> and Sarah? You can find me on Twitter at, at Sarah Miyoko, S-A-R-A-H, Amazon Mary, I-Y-O-K-O. Or you can get involved in my new online fanzine on Facebook. It's called Star Trek Quarterly. Yay! 
Yay. And thank you again so much for coming back to, to chat through this with us one more time for the listeners. And I'm Sue. You can find me on Twitter at Speltor. That's S-P-A-L-T-O-R. As always, our show is entirely supported by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a donor or patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash women at warp. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at women at warp or shoot us an email at crew at women at warp.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network. Podcast.roddenberry.com.